five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, friends. I love that. Why didn't I think of that? Well, I could have just listened to Joe Rogan more often. I would have stolen it. But we just say hello. Let's see. Let's get over to the news and stuff. Okay, first we'll start with another Super Bowl ad. And uh, this is about I call skeptics. It the wheel. Down a little. The wheel. Yeah, eh, I don't think so. I don't this think it's going to work. This Incas had wheels. It's a fork. I got dead forks right here. Forks. Who needs a fork? Who needs a toilet? We want indoor toilets. Think about it. Smell and everything. No king. The people shall have the right to vote. Is it the stupid ones? Yes. The stupid ones. Edison, can I be honest with you? It stinks. Nobody's got the moon ever. Why not? It's far. It's too far. It's far. Portable music. Portable music. Always be looking for batteries. Like I was saying, it's FTX. It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto. Yeah, I don't think so. And I'm never wrong about this stuff. And who is never, never wrong? Uh, crypto fix. Anyway, uh, terrible ad, but it does raise a great point that sometimes we're missing out because of our preconceived notions. And I'm here to shatter those notions. That's what I do every day. And uh, t sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you'll disagree. We welcome your comments. And I think the comments thing is working now. Uh, <laughs> the style consultant says she loves that commercial. Anyway, the, uh, the, <laughs> yeah, I liked it too, except for I don't get what they're selling. And that's the problem with that commercial. You know, what was that about? Nobody knows, you know, and, uh, but the preconceived notions are there. And as I was trying to say in the middle of the commercial, the Incas had wheels on their, on their toys. They had little pull wagons and stuff, but they never built them big enough to pull anything around. They never used them in, you know, in commerce. And isn't that funny? Right. Uh, anyway, let's get over to the rest of the news. But before we do, we're going to be celebrating two, 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 on Tuesday. We're going to set an alarm at 22 after two and 22 seconds. And it will be a once-in-a-millennial time to be talking about direct mail and direct marketing and also be celebrating 2 2 2 which you didn't even think was coming. Okay, so if you don't know when it is, it's Tuesday, <laughs> February 22nd, 2-22-22 at 2, Chicago time, central time, second time zone of the United States. So register over on WDMA.org, and the style, the style consultant also says I should say that YouTube has better notifications. If you click the subscribe button and the bell, you'll actually get a little, you'll get a little notification, I think, uh, if you'll turn those on, and you can be right with us as we speak. And I'm noticing that YouTube is actually getting some views, which it hasn't for years, and now... LinkedIn is going down to nothing, and I still get comments from people. I still get people writing me nice notes, but uh, LinkedIn has apparently just decided it doesn't want so many, so many blabby people talking. But I was here before most of them. Yep, 
Every morning she gets her notifications, the style consultant says, and the notifications work real good. Okay, so let's get over to the real news, and here we go. Bing, bing. Okay, and I'm going to get rid of that. Okay, here was an article from Forbes, 13 Strategies to Bring More Foot Traffic to Physical Locations. I had an on-site meeting at a retailer uh, down in Chicago yesterday. We had a really great time, and I think we're going to have a strategy that just knocks it through the moon uh, and uh, involves some data, involves some other things. Um, but I'm really excited, and mail is part of it. And part of it was that he, you know, he's dabbled in it a little bit. And I said, well, it's not about mail. It's about getting smarter every time, testing every time. And that's what it's about. And so that's a thing that mail gives you that almost no other ads advertising does. I mean, you can run them and you can see the effect, but the split testing and all of the other scientifically valid experimentation just can't happen not very easily uh, especially in a in a single market it makes it really tough and the number four tip from Forbes was leverage consumer intent signals in a direct mail campaign and so the idea is if they come to your website like if you're a retailer and you've got four or five stores in a market uh, you're probably already doing TV, you know, for Valentine's Day or for Labor Day sale or Christmas specials or something. You're already driving people to the website. Um, now take those same people that are basically anonymous and multiply the investment that you've made in mass media to get them to the website and maybe to get them to the stores and give them a special invitation to come to the store. And we do that with an IP type lookup. There's a lot of ways to do it, but mainly it's basically saying, okay, who's coming to the website? And there's only a few things that you can use. <laughs> it doesn't tell you their name and address when they come to the website. We're more or less anonymous, but there are companies that are aggregating that together. And, uh, you know, I started doing it with LoveSack in 2016, I think. We started testing it. It was not my idea. It was LS Direct, Brian Dillette. You know, it worked. It worked like crazy. Um, what I had done is teach that retailer, LoveSack, about, about testing and how mail can give you concrete information. And then they leverage that in the mass media and in the, uh, and in the retargeting with mail. So uh, nice article. Get over to WDMA and subscribe. Um, they mentioned a survey in there uh, that audiences are inundated by digital communication. Um, they said that remote workers get 170 emails per week. I don't know what, you know, I get like that a day. So I don't know what's going on. But anyway, digital fatigue is on the rise. It's a nice little survey. Personalization and physical touch points help brands reach out. You know, people want to want physical interaction they want to jump on the furniture they want to feel the fabric and mail because it's tactile gives you that experience so it resonates more with retail than probably any other thing so don't just stop at the retargeting um, remind your customers that you're open remind them what you have in, in inventory remind them of that there's you know they're a VIP customer or something like that here's a, an article from Business Daily UK, it says direct mail is a superhero channel, and it says that for the first time, direct mail has reached a tipping point where it's driving more traffic to mobile devices than is digital advertising. I don't know if that's true. Um, it's hard to believe, but 
That's what they said. They said the new normal in male effectiveness at driving digital action surfaced a year ago and shows no signs of dissipating. Um, it says that 9% of male drives consumers to a advertiser's website, 6% to seek out more information online. It says that it's increased, the, the uh, two-year trend is up 41% at driving, at, at the effectiveness of male driving people to their tablets or smartphones. Wow. You know, and part of that's with QR codes and all that. The, the average piece of mail hangs around. Uh, and then it kind of it kind of changes tack and talks about how important mail was in the pandemic. And then there's a quite a bit about that. Um, if a consumer writes a company, sending back an email or WhatsApp is unlikely to be the most appropriate form of response. So there's a customer service aspect of mail that's very important. And uh, they end up with talking about vulnerable groups who may not have computers, etc., and so mail still deserves a place uh, that people that people are are uh, have a sense of relief when there's a paper document sent to them. I think it's all true. Okay, now I want to talk about a a pretty troubling article that I ran across in the Drum, and it wasn't what I expected at all, to be honest about it. Um, Jennifer, uh, and so I want to thank the Drum for even picking up the story. Levi's top marketer quits after the bosses told her to stop talking about COVID-19 views. And I didn't know what that was. You know, that could be all over the map, you know, that we all need to crawl in a cave or something else. This Jennifer Say, um, I put some other additional information. There's another article uh, that she actually wrote over here on uh, Substack. And this is by her, Jennifer Say. And interestingly, the way the drum cropped her shirt, they cut it off here so you didn't see the vote in the same picture. And you can also see the Levi's. It says that when she was, she traveled to Moscow in 1986, she brought 10 pairs of Levi's 501 jeans in her bag. My sister smuggled Levi's and Bibles into the Soviet Union, interestingly a connection there she was a 17 year old gymnast she was the current reigning national champion uh, for the usa presumably and she said that uh the 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 russians wanted levi's because they stood for american ruggedness and stuff it's gonna be hard for me to share this look at they're all with their jeans okay and uh, I didn't I didn't highlight this one all up. There's a lot of background story, so we'll get back to this one. But anyway, she was at Levi's her entire career, 20 years. She became the chief marketing officer and then brand president in 2020. And um, but she became a strong advocate for schools to reopen without mask rules, a position that attracted negative criticism. Okay, she rejected a one million dollar severance package because it included a non-disclosure agreement, and she wanted to speak out. She wrote op-eds, appeared on news shows, and she was condemned by her company. She said, uh, she was told, you know, when you speak, you speak on behalf of our company, and our head of corporate communications urged me to pipe down. She'd been pressured by Levi's legal and HR teams, and finally, Chief Executive Chip Burr. 
They didn't try to muzzle me outright. I was told repeatedly to think about what I was saying. She was also castigated for her husband's social views. And there's a lot more about it. But this is the most interesting part. She was labeled a racist because San Francisco's public school system has a high percentage of black and brown kids. And I must not have cared if they died because I was against the standard CDC. You know, the CDC is a for-profit corporation, I believe, as far as I know. It's not It's not a non-for-profit. It's not even, it's, it's a drug company funded corporation. I don't know why, I don't know why they get to tell us what the official science position is. She was, and now we'll jump down here. Uh, and so she was labeled a, ra- a racist. And uh, it got really, really, really bad. In the fall of 2021, this is from the other article, during a dinner with the CEO, I was told I was on track to become the next CEO. The stock price had doubled under my leadership and revenue returned to pre-pandemic levels. The only thing standing in my way, all I had to do was stop talking about the school thing. And uh, she was accused of being anti-science. She was accused of being anti-fat because I retweeted a study, probably a scientific study, showing a correlation between obesity and poor health outcomes. Absolutely scientific. It's one of the most well-documented, more than smoking probably, is obesity and the obesity crisis uh, in the whole world, really. It's really interesting. More people are dying from overweight issues than are dying from starvation. Uh, It's like the first time in the history of the world. Um, but anyway, uh, she was accused of being anti-trans because she tweeted that we shouldn't ditch Mother's Day for and substitute birthing people's day, which I have heard advocated, because it left out adopted and stepmoms. Right? Right. I mean, I don't, I don't really care, to be honest, about that opinion, but it seems like it's a, it's a legitimate point that can be raised. And, and so at one, at one meeting of executive leadership, the team, the CEO made an offhand remark saying I was acting like Donald Trump, the greatest condemnation possible. And um, here's the conclusion of that other article. I love Levi's and its place in the American heritage as a purveyor of sturdy pants for hardworking, daring people who moved west and dreamed of gold buried in the dirt. The red tag on the back pocket of the jeans I handed over to the Russian girls used to be shorthand for what was good and right about this country. And when I think about my trip to Moscow, I still get a little choked up. Good for you. But the corporation doesn't believe that now. It's trapped in trying to please the mob. And that I wanted to highlight. Please the mob. So many times, I think, and why this is so inauthentic. These causes that corporations espouse while in the back room, you know, Google espouses diversity, but fired one of their top engineers. And, uh, you know, that was very public about two or three years ago because basically because he said they were unfair to men. You know, if you had any view on on male capability, you were like ostracized. I, I don't know the details about it, but, you know. It's not right to be espousing diversity on one hand and shutting down others on another and silencing any dissent within the organization. It's like so many other American companies held hostage by intolerant ideologues 
who do not believe in genuine inclusion or diversity. I mean, she was, she was marching or walking, walking in a, in a pride parade in 2015. I mean, you know, this stuff is insane. Once it gets traction, it just keeps going. So I think there's a, a, a message there. I think there's a message that, that diversity begins at home and diversity begins with diversity of opinion, right? Any other kind of diversity is probably racist or sexist or something else. If you start elevating one group and saying, well, we need to have those kind of people, meaning those color people or those those gender people or whatever it is. The most important diversity is the diversity of thought. And so I commend, I commend Jennifer Say for not taking the NDA or the non-disclosure agreement, yeah, NDA, and for giving us something really to chew on. And I'm proud of her uh, being a marketing person. And, uh, and I wanted to bring that up today. So I welcome your comments. If you disagree, that's fine. We welcome diverse opinions here. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. KCDMA. If you're, a, if you're a direct marketing organization and you want to get on camera, just send me your mug. Bye-bye. <laughs>